Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode in Carding Dads. In this episode, we didn't quite finish our recap in our last episode, so we're going to kind of do like a recap part two on um, our race weekend that we just recently had and also on our testing goals and our plans for the future that we have coming up. So um, appreciate it again, guys. Thanks for listening. Please continue to tell all your friends because without you guys, this isn't possible. So thanks, guys. Enjoy. Let's do this. I'm excited. Let's get into it, man. So, um, yeah, we were trying to catch up on our race from last week. Um, we knew we wouldn't had a chance to to test. I had um, Homestead um, this weekend with with NASA Florida, so I'd be busy. Um, so, uh, not a whole lot of carding planned, but we were talking about our race recap. Kind of segued into you know, a couple of things with keeping people accountable on track and sort of the officiating side and, and technically who is a fault, who isn't, that sort of thing. But um, I still wanted us to finish the race recap because even though, you know, your motor wasn't acting right, um, you still got on track. You still got to drive for a little bit. And I did too. And I made some dumb mistakes. And I definitely want to learn from the dumb mistakes on track as well as, you know, off track. And then talk about like our testing goals for, for the next month, at least for the month of March, um, it doesn't appear we have any big races um, for the for the month uh, until the Maxis race. We'll go to events, but I don't think we're putting a lot of effort into into any major race. Um, so, all that sound good to you? One hundred percent, man. Fast African. <laughs> this is gonna be the hash brown fast African Dude, episode. Hash brown fast African <laughs> episode. I love it. I absolutely one hundred percent love it. Now I get to uh, I get to pick your. The the rules are reversed on this podcast, and this is really cool because you're you know you're way more into this than like with technology and everything on like how flow goes. So yeah, I, I mean I love to sit back and just listen to keep my mind open because I don't think a lot of people have open minds in karting um, or in, hell in any other sports, right, or any kind of competition. Um, your way is the only the right way, right? So when you get somebody who's faster than you and you don't, you know, keep an open mind, yeah, you're faster than me right now. My mind is open. I love it. Let's do it. It's, oh, well, the, oh, so, so Every time you say that, I realize that um, the carding group doesn't know me as that, right? So, I, you know, in the last two years uh, or three years that I've been around carding, I don't use that handle anymore. But yeah, uh, well, I'm bringing the it name back. Fast, yeah, the name Fast African was you know an old like it's a middle school name. Um, when I was in a place where I was the only African, but then I was also fast on my feet running track. <laughs> um, so that's where the name Fast African comes from. I got nothing to do with cars, but I kept that handle for a long time. And when I got into into motorsports, before kept it handles a bit, were handles. But, yeah, I know, right? Gosh, I'm dating <laughs> myself now. Oh my god! <laughs> I, should, I should just said nickname. Yeah, yeah. I should just said nickname. Yeah. <laughs> At AOL.com, anyway. fast African, or my AI I know, right? address. Such a nerd, yeah, man. Such a nerd. I was, I was an AOL instant messenger or AIM. What's your MySpace space? Fast dial-up. African. <laughs> oh man. Okay, back, back, back let's, let's take this back one eighty because oh man, that was like the greatest three minutes and. <laughs> 
50 seconds episode ever. So yeah, let's get let's do this, dude. Take over the show. I love it. Oh, All right. All right. So um, yo, uh, I struggled a lot in in the races. Um, once we started the heat heat one, and actually, I want to pull it back a second because during the drivers meeting. Um, by the way, everybody else who showed up, I felt your pain, man. That one hour break after having back to back to back to back sessions like that, especially double dipping, one hour sitting idle um, was was painful. And you know we'll have to do something about it. We we need to find a way to stagger how the breaks happen. Um, I love that you know corner workers get a full hour, and it's important that they get a full hour. But we can't go full speed. You're on track every other, you know, 15 minutes, back to back to back to back, and all of a sudden, oh, by the way, go park yourself and sit down for the next hour and 40 minutes because you were the first group to go out in the last round of practice. But you don't start racing until you know the fourth group when we once we begin. So you got like two and a half hours of downtime doing nothing. Um, that's something that I would love to bring up to to the club to adjust. We need to stagger it a little bit. Um, did you feel that at all? I know Quincy, myself, Jorge, we were all like, "Let's go, man! This ain't this ain't Scusa." <laughs> no, one hundred percent. And um, ugh, I don't want to do this, but uh, yeah, hundred third, we're kind of on Clyde time. Um, Clyde's our race director, and when it comes to like. You know, the racers meeting and everything is just kind of off the wall, little confusion of what's going on. There's no how many laps we have per session. Um, I haven't raced at too many different tracks, but we're the only track that doesn't have a qualifying. It's you pull a number and, you know, it is what it is. And then you have two races at that number. You invert the field and whatever your average is, is for the feature. So... You know, that's, that to me is a little weird. I like, you know, not ever, I've talked to, you know, several people on our group. Um, and I don't mean to say like our group knows absolutely everything. I apologize if that's the way I'm coming across. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to race for their position, you know, and, you know, pulling the, 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 the number to see where you go at and you, you race for your position is, is better than qualifying, but it comes to a whole different strategy if you're setting up your cart for a qualifying session compared to a racing session. So, um, when it came to that, you know, we brought a whole new class into the group, um, that never got mentioned. And, you know, that kind of, you know, I guess I would say offend me a little bit because, you know, uh, I worked really hard and so did you to work really hard on, you know, calling people throughout the state of Florida to get people to come up here. And we had the largest class out of the whole thing. And if it wasn't for, you know, several of us, you know, running multiple classes, um, you know, yeah, it, it would have been a big difference for the CIK class had the biggest class, um, total so yeah we told everybody who's running CIK hey please please I know I know it might kind of suck in aerodynamics but please let's just double dip and run in the gold cup class you know just support our group you know support you know the extra $30 to cost you know 
to keep our track open because it's the only track in the country this way. And for that not to get any mentioning in the driver's meeting, yeah, that kind of offended me a little bit because, again, me and you, we worked, we worked our asses off to do this. Well, you used the word. I didn't want to use offend, but since you went down that path, I'll go. So I was offended on a different subject. So, yeah, this is a, a double bashing. Um, and, you know, hashtag not sponsored by anyone. So we say what, what's on our minds and it's, it is what it is. But, um, you know, all day, our race director never once said CIK right. He kept saying CKI. Like, really, dude? You're in the world of karting. And you can't spend just an extra moment to pay attention that it's C-I-K. That's all it is. Like, three letters. C-I-K. All the all the announcements he made, everything was C-K-I. And I think I, I said it out loud once. Somebody was standing next to me, and I, I was getting aggravated. I mean, you know, potato, potato. Who cares? But... It comes to the point we really want to make with this is, I don't know, it just felt like the effort wasn't there to acknowledge and pay attention. Um, Jim put the effort in to get us, you know, what we were asking for. And, you know, in all honesty, we are not the only ones who have probably mentioned this. I know the second, you know, Todd Cohen and then Evan got the Eagle, the first thing they asked us when we were standing there was, hey, we don't have a CIK class. And like in my the back of my head, I'm like, well, Todd, you've been around way longer than we have. <laughs> you know, you're you're you have way more pull in this area. I'm not even American. <laughs> like let's just let me step back. I'm not the one to ask if we have this, you know? <laughs> like so people have wanted it and have been asking for it. It's not new. Um I was just surprised that our race director not once bothered to to pay attention that it was CIK not CKI I I once I was offended I was just like hey okay shows you how much you care um but taking the admin and officiating aside I don't know man um lunch and the race meeting were I mean sorry the duration of lunch and the race meeting were a meh but once we got into the racing um, I was, I was having a blast. Um, the first thing I want to mention was, you know, the first group out was CIK 206 and Heath, um, Heath has put a lot of effort in the last year. I don't think we've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but he was, um, total weight when he started was right about, I don't know, like four or five or something, somewhere around there. Uh, about you know a year, yeah, a year and a half ago, and that was one of the things that bothered him about being able to to race. And man, after getting comfortable, after putting a lot of work in, after getting his eagle on top of his arrow, both really fast chassis, he spent so much time understanding all the nuances. Then also put in the work to you know drop some weight so he could actually meet the three ninety class. And then on top of that, like. Dropped a little bit to where he needed some more weight to make 390. Yeah, no. I was props like, to big, he, he, big walked, to he you. walked by me like I was sitting still. I'm like, oh, man, I need to do something about well, my this is the part weight. I want to mention. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the part I want to mention. So he ran in the CIK race 
at about 300. Well, he didn't change his weights. I don't think enough time. So he was racing at 390 in a class of 360 and he held his own on track. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't force a pass by him um, around the double right-hander. He held his ground and he had the clean line into it. And I was like, yes, go heat. And then I, the next lap I was trying to force a pass and he was on the outside and he ducked back in and I ducked in to push him. Like I could have gone underneath and, and blocked it as well. But I'm like, no, man, let's do this. So I was very impressed. I think, you know, a couple of people impressed me on the day in our, you know, our race. And it's been a, a week now. I'm trying to remember everyone. But Keith definitely stands out for putting in the work, being overweight. Um, and I know Jorge will get on me because I, I, he's, you know, he ran the final the feature race at 390 instead of dropping like a couple of uh, lead pucks to get to like 370, I think is what he could get to because he was helping me with my cart. But um, still, Heathman, um, very impressive what you were able to do in that local race. And I can't wait to the next one um, where you're able to kind of hold your ground again um, and, and race it out. That was that was big ups. That, that was the best part of that, that first race for me. Because like you said, we start with drawing a pill. So I started randomly either fifth or seventh, I can't remember now, but I started back there and I even got shuffled even further back because I was being careful and tentative on the start and trying to get back through the field. I got to see a little bit more and uh, it was cool. It was cool to see Heath up there duking it out. So big ups, Heath. Yeah. Um, so definitely props up to Heath because you know, we've been talking about him for a while. It's like, man, why did he come race with us? And we understood, you know, the weight situation and everything like that. And this is a guy who puts in a lot of time at the track. Not only does he put his personal time in, but his wife is always there. And he brings his baby girl with him all the time. So not only is he trying to worry about his cart, you know, but he's worried about his wife and, the, and, the, and his baby girl, Abby. She's the cute as can be. Um, so th there's multiple things. I mean, he drives a truck, she drives, you know, the SUV that, you know, if something happens to, you know, her or the, or the baby, you know, they can go home. You know, that's, that's, you know, if you think of the, the gas mileage, I mean, they, they live like 30, 40 minutes away, but it's still, it's double the gas mileage, right? So the sacrifices they make to go karting. You know, it's, it's awesome. And then the sacrifices he made because, you know, he was a bodybuilder at one point or something like that. Or, yeah. And, uh, you know, to make the sacrifice, I said, you know what? I just want to be smaller so I can race carts or race spec Miata or whatever he wants to do. Do that's so awesome. Like, it is such... I wish we would have done video on the whole transformation of his body because that's an inspirational video of what he went from um we're not saying that he was like a, a big fat obese guy he he wasn't he was a big guy like you could tell that he took his you know body and yeah built in serious muscle and wanted to you know i don't know if like you know mr olympia was in was in his you know future but you know that that's like the, the frame he has so for him to be like okay let's lose some of the muscle and try to you know he went on the big keto thing, and it's worked for him. And if anyone doesn't believe in the keto diet, like, yeah, I could, you know, 
Keith has, I'm sure Heath has pictures that, yeah, the Keith that works. Um, no, props to him. And like when, when I saw him go by me, you know, like I will say it still again. It's like, dude, this is so awesome. I am so proud of you for you finally coming out and racing with us. Uh, this is cool, man. Go get him. Yeah, man. I'm stoked for him. So, you know, shout out to one of our, our true carton dads. You know, he, um, you, man, it was awesome. That's I'll, I'll wrap it up. There is so much more we can get into, but um, another angle of a carton dad, you know, not, not the, you know, obviously we all have our struggles, but it's a different struggle, you know, as, as uh, another carton dad. And it was awesome to, to have him there. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I started, like I said, uh, fifth or seventh, I can't remember, but I shuffled back definitely to about ninth or so. And then, you know, slowly made my way um, back to, to uh, third or something like, I think I finished third. Yeah. John was behind me when I finished third and we like, we could have made up the ground. So, the cart was hooked up. Um, once I got hooked up with John, man, uh, it was dope. I mean, <laughs> you know, hashtag cut the seal. We didn't have to cut John's seal, man. John was the real deal. Um, no, I had to cut his seal and, uh, because it's his 50th birthday last weekend. And, uh, Woo-wee! It's a big fire. Yeah, run. and watching him through your videos, he has, he's like leaning all over kind of crazy. And I think everybody just took pity on him. Uh, because he had a really cool jacket that had his last name on it. Um, I love his jacket. I want. I want one. And and, and his wife Amy. Like Amy's so cool. Like Amy is like one of the coolest wives ever on the track. Um, Kelly, don't, no, no shout out. Said you have competition. Um, I'm not trying to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I just paired myself into a hole. Didn't You're I? in trouble. You're oh, in trouble. Man. <laughs> I don't know how to take this back, but no, <sighs> uh, it, it, it's, it's just really cool. So like the, the people we have that, you know, are behind the carding dads and, you know, our whole podcast and just our group in general, jacksgarding.com, um, and our whole group in general. So it's really yeah. cool. Like Amy's a really nice wife. She's exactly like what Kelly is, you know, for Quincy and it's really cool to see that. And yeah, John, uh, yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, it's your 50th birthday, and I just want, I don't want you to uh, get a big head that you're fast and just everybody slow down so you can get up front. <laughs> nah, man, uh, I was waiting for him to pass me. I, I remember clearly, you know, because he, he pushed me for the last three or four laps, just, you know, tucked in there. And I think we're, we were both thinking if we had more time, we could have definitely caught second place. Uh I mean, I didn't, my micro wasn't working properly, and I haven't really looked at all the lap times. But in the final, I know that um, John, myself, and Kenner, we were all within, you know, like two tenths. Like, I think I was a tenth faster than John, and then John was a tenth faster than, than Kenner. So if you put that together, um, we could have, you know, just hooked up together and with enough time caught up to him. Um, but yeah, that was that was mad fun, and it just reinforced the testing we have done the weekend, you know, before that. So you know, in the back of my mind, like, yes, this is so good, because I have to add this point, and this is really important for John and I. Um, John and I's first true exchange, you know, we'd seen each other, but the first true exchange came a year ago at the Maxis race. 
Um, so we're getting right about, you know, exactly a year to the date. It's end of April, February now. That was in mid-March last year. And we had the best battle for last place ever with our buddy Jake. And <laughs> it was awesome. So to think about it, like we were battling for last place. And now we are duking it out, you know. And besides, if Corey was in there, we had a shot at, at first place. You know, all, you know, all three of us, you know, uh, Kenner... John and myself could have duked it out for first place, uh, so that was cool. I mean, that was neat, and that you know that that just set the tone for the day. Like the rest of the day went south right after that, but just because everything was reinforced, I have a cart that can be a podium cart today. I just have to string it together, and I failed there. I was happy. I was just stoked. So, um, how did your how did your heat start? Um, bad. Uh, no, so um. <laughs> I think a a big thing that comes into racing, and this is something I don't think we've ever really talked about this before, but I think it's absolutely true fact that if you don't come into a race or a practice or to a qualifying session, whatever, with your mental health and your like your psyche clear that this is the point you want to do, you're not going to have success. So. After looking back for an hour, a week or so, you know, I, I, I kind of struggled in my household with, you know, my wife had the stomach virus that's been going around here, um, at, you know, in Florida. I don't know about throughout the country, but, you know, the flu's been kind of going around and then having to take care of my son and everything like that. And from her stomach virus, I went to a migraine. Um, that it's been very, very hard on me in the last, that last whole week. So, when it came to taking him to T-ball on the day that I was supposed to, like, my mind was set on carding. So, I went to bed, clear-minded, I'm going carding, I woke up, she had a migraine, I said, okay, so I have to take my son to to his T-ball, which I, I am okay with, because we've had the last podcast, you know, my, t- my son's T-ball comes to form a carding. So, like, this was like, the first test. It's like, can you, you know, put this aside to to do this? And, well, on this time, I, I failed because I didn't know what to expect. So, when it comes to driving a car or a cart or whatever it is, if you don't have a clear mind and what you're doing, things can go wrong. And things can go wrong, you know, whether you're driving ability or, like, a physical ability. Um, I, I've mentioned this several times in the podcast before, um, you know, I grew up with wrestling that if you went into a wrestling match and you're afraid you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. And I brought it up to you before, you know, and, and you track that if you're afraid you're going to pull a muscle, yeah, you're going to pull a muscle. Um, so if you don't come in with a clear mind and everything that's going to happen, um, yeah, and you can't concentrate. That's, you know, the worst is going to happen. And that happened to me last weekend. It's just, I was trying to, you know, step aside from everybody. And I wasn't very social in the last race. And I apologize to all my friends in our group because I just had so much stuff going on. And I, just, I, was, I was trying, I wasn't trying to be mean, but just like, I had too many things going on. And um, again, I apologize to everybody on that. It's all right. We're a group, man. You know, we're 
we're the straight out of the box 206 gang <laughs> yeah man. i still want to put gang on the t-shirt yeah. nah, the group had it covered man you know you didn't have to worry yeah, about it's it just like uh, that yes. was the thing it's like I, you know it just i just couldn't clear my mind of everything that was going on i was trying my hardest and i think i'm glad my dad came and I'm glad my dad uh, told me to go ahead and go to the track. He could watch my kid at, the, at his t-ball practice because they're fishing up. Um, you may be up there. And it, it, it's just one of the things. Like, I just wasn't in a clear mind. I wasn't focused. I tried my best. I went into my, my car. I meditated for a little bit because I've been working on meditation, which, you know, might sound kind of weird to a lot of people, but... <laughs> To me, it works for all yeah, the man. stuff that I go through in my normal life, um, which I'm, you're probably the only one who knows. But um, yeah, meditation works for me really good, and I try to make you know best of what it was. And I miss I miss out on all the marks, and you know, it is what it is. And hopefully, I learn those lessons, and it won't happen again on my cart. Definitely, man. I mean, that's that's the point, right? I mean, part of this is allowing us to talk about it again, but also have something we can go back to and listen to. And you know, hopefully others others can hear the journey. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned um, the baby powder thing um, in the last episode. Quincy was the first one because he was right next to me. And he obviously he listens to the show uh, big time. And he's like, oh, your your hub is sliding. Didn't Andrew already say baby powder fixes that? And I'm like, damn right it does, you know. Um, and, and we we know that. And so the message is getting out there. Um, yeah, it sucked to kind of see you struggling. Uh, the first heat, obviously, I, I you know I was I was in the in the pack with with John and up front, so I didn't really get a chance to see much of you. But I know definitely in in the second one, you know, I got turned around or I did something silly. I can't remember exactly what, but I found myself in the back and then I, you know, I'm, I still caught up and passed a couple of guys and I finished right behind you, you know, which is, uh, you know, it's just kind of crazy for me to have gone off and still had enough speed, right. To have lost, you know, whatever, 10, 15 seconds and still made it up in an eight lap heat. So I, you know, definitely something was wrong. And I remember coming in and I asked uh, pops, you know, and what's going on? And he goes, we, you know, we got nothing. We finished last. I'm like, no, you didn't finish last. Um, I passed Scott for last. Um, I was running last for the, you know, a little bit there. He goes, no, but you were off. We were running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I so, my dad is right, more frustrated right there, in carding. Then it, 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 yeah, it kind of made I, me feel bad. It's like, dad, I don't have an answer for you. Cause I, I don't know. I'm giving you all the information I know. From the chassis standpoint, because we we've mentioned this before in several podcasts, is I think we finally realized like what our chassis is doing, but now we had like that paradigm shift, and you know, okay, you understand the chassis, but what is the engine doing? So this last race was the first time that I can remember that I was like, okay. Maybe my engine is failing me a little bit. And, you know, on top of that, I just have a brand new short block with the the orange seal with a little doodad app thing that the app is in now that you can't figure out your build sheet. And I asked 
the question on it, and I still had, don't have an answer for it, um, where you can get your specs on it. Um, and, you know, just everything was just, I go through this big, you know, we have a nice, you know, big turn of sweeper, and you think that you could be able to hold your car down at the very bottom and be able to pull all the RPM you want. But I was only gaining 200 RPM through the whole turn. Usually you're gaining like six, seven, eight hundred RPM. You're going into that turn at forty-three and coming out at fifty-one fifty. Um, yeah, I'm going in at forty-one and coming out at you know at like forty-four. And I'm like, okay, what the heck's going on? There's nothing I could do. I don't, I don't know what to do. Is it my carburetor? Is it the valves? Is it the fuel? Is it? You know, I have all these things going through my mind. I'm like, oh my god, you know, this is. It kind of makes you want to quit carding to a point, you know, in the 206. You know, we don't have, we're not running at two cycle motor where you have the horsepower or whatever to make up for controlling issues. But I know that the chassis was right on point. The feeling was everything I needed to have. The grip was there. If I needed to break it loose to, you know, do whatever I wanted, I could, I could point the chassis exactly wherever I wanted. I just didn't have the power to pull out of the turns. And that was the hardest part of that whole race. And that was the most frustrating and confusing part. Because maybe that's the last part of the cycle of of karting. Is knowing like all those little things. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. But that was like the last thing that like just threw me for a curveball. I threw my dad for a curveball and, you know, dad still hasn't talked to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was watching my videos because I, I recorded a couple of videos uh, on the day uh, for the vlog style. But there's a, a point in there where I turn over. The camera wasn't facing you guys. So I was still in my seat from having come off track and I was pedaling around in the back of my cart. And I turn over and look over at you and I go, hey, you want to talk about it? <laughs> and uh, I look, I turn around and look back and continue what I was doing. So I'll take that answer to have been a nope. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was that bad where I, I, I don't know what really to, like, to talk I, about. I don't, know. I, I, don't, I don't know because this is just something yeah. because the weekend before that and. I just got a new computer and my software isn't updated to my new computer to look up the data. And, you know, this is like one thing you always told me. It's like, dude, look at your micron. Your micron is going to tell you everything. So I'm trying to figure out like all like the little little doodads to go through the previous things on the micron and not on the PC. So uh, I was looking at it and I see like all these different spikes and your dips that from this race to the last race uh, or the last practice I had before and everything's different. And I'm like, dude, I, I have no explanation for this. Okay. So it's only like four degrees hotter than it was last time, you know, and you would think it'd be even, you know, worse than what it was, you know, cause we had a little bit of a rain shower or whatever, but you know, things are getting absolutely worse. And I have no idea. I had absolutely no clue because I got my cart scaled after that practice. 
So I'm like, okay, I got everything scaled. I got everything absolutely perfect. And I know it's not getting slower because I've changed rear axles and I've done a lot of different changes of the cart that I went and, you know, tested at, you know, random spots. And so when everything's absolutely perfect, I know everything should be faster, but everybody dropped in speed or I guess speed and time, I can't, I guess could be irrelevant in karting because you don't know humidity, temperature, you know, track conditions, all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, something is majorly off and I don't understand why. And all of a sudden I'm getting these peaks and areas and RPMs that I shouldn't be having to peak in. It should be like a, you know, a, a steady incline or a decline. It's like, okay, what is going on here? I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah. Well, now that we know the answer, kind of let's talk through that. So, um, I, I thought about it on the drive up to Homestead a little bit, and I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it um, on, on Friday night. But since you put this motor together, right? I mean, you got a new block, but then you put the heads on. There is the possibility that you putting it together might be the reason why, you know, the the valves and the springs weren't set properly versus if it was done, you know, at a shop. Right. Yeah, one hundred percent. I like. I I will not take. Uh, I will not. I don't know how you say it. Say, oh, my craftsmanship isn't you know worth or whatever. Um, but no, right. I thought I did everything to what Brick said, on their websites and all the tuning and everything. But maybe I missed it on something. And it's just like the little things that. Yeah. Yeah, you could do everything they tell you to do, but. There's a reason why you pay TS Racing or Comet or FasterMotors.net or whatever it is to right. set everything properly because they have so many motors. They have so many years of experience that, you know, your, you know, one and a half to years of experience in karting will not match. So are you willing to spend the extra money to have them tune everything? Mm-hmm. Or you want to spend the extra money and you losing and then have to go to have to go to them to tune everything. So, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of tuners, you know, they won't tell you their secrets and I don't blame them a bit, you know? Um, right. You, you kind of did the same thing with the FRS that you had. Like you were the very, one of the very first people to try to make that car into a road racing, uh, car and you had to pay a lot of money to get your info um but after like doing all this it's like okay maybe i need to pay david ts or you know contact comment and say hey this is what i need to do and you know it is what it is so yeah no i yeah there's a line i i hear all the time yeah 100 go ahead so there's a line I hear all the time, which is um, you're not paying for the time, maybe like a two hour you know, job, right, to, to fix your car, but you're not really paying for the two hours. You're paying for the you know, 20 years it's taken me to amass that knowledge. Exactly. Right? And, you know, sometimes, again, I'm just thinking of it because, yeah, I had, I had a great race with, with, you know, everybody who was around me and. 
Um, even when I made mistakes, I was still able to, to come up. But, you know, we've always done shake and bake together. So the point isn't to find another partner to do that with, uh, you know, as long as, you know, I would want us to all get up there together and duke it out. I want to have a five-way battle or a 10-way battle for first place with all my friends together in a tight pack. That pack racing, that spec racing, and having you fall off, you know, I, I you know, yeah, sucked a little bit. So, and just thinking about it, it's just one of those moments where that could have easily been me. Um, I think the difference is that, you know, you have the ability to, to uh, put this, thing together at least you know start putting it together and i would have either brought it to you or taken it to miguel or to ron or you know ended up just buying it completely done from you know one of the bigger places like ts or robert cart city or comet or something so that's what i was thinking about that may have been the reason why we had that motor issue but for everyone else who works on on your own motor the reason for talking about this is you know check it i mean you may be just doing this because you've worked on small engines your whole life or you're coming from motorcycles or you just know how to work on engines. But um, check it because something small like, you know, your valves being loose um, just because you missed it by two millimeters, you did 20 instead of 22. Something silly like that ends up setting those things and then they get loose halfway down the race and blah, right? Your race is yeah, done. Yeah, you made a, you made you a might good be point last week or so on... Um... You know, we we are having a conversation on is, is you know valve lash something that you need to check on a two six because a two six should be straight out of the box. You run it as it is, but yes, you're always looking for those extra couple of millimeters or you know one hundred thousandths of an inch or hundred thousandths of an inch or mm-hmm. whatever it is to give you that optimal um, performance, but. Um, is valve lash something that you should put on a checklist, you know? So, um, that's something that you brought up and it, it like, it really intrigued my mind and I've been having a few days to think about this. It's like, okay, is this something that like, maybe the 206 isn't you know, straight out of the box is what everyone says it is. When you have all these like little things can go wrong, you know, it, it's where items like everyone understands that, Okay, a spring can only compress so many times before it gets weak. A bearing can only rotate so many times before it loses its clearance. Um, but, you know, in a 206 or whatever, you think they use the best bearings that they can have. You think they use the best springs that they can have. That, you know, there's a reason why people run, you know, five, six years, you know, running every, you know, twice or twice a month or whatever it is, times per month, and going that many years. So, is this uh, like a weakness in the 206 that we need to kind of say, hey, Briggs, you know, what what is the, you know, increments that we need to start checking valve lash? Is, is, you know, can we, like, how are you testing the springs? Can we go find an aftermarket spring to make it a little bit stiffer so it doesn't wear as fast or softer or whatever it is, you know? I don't know. Well, I think before we get, before we get to that point where we're, talk about it. I mean, we have an audience. I mean, let's ask the audience. I mean, I think the way I see it, it's not so much a clear cut issue of is it a wear item or is it not, but just getting the sense of for those who have run it for four seasons, in those four seasons, 
what did you have to deal with, right? Did you have to get your head rebuilt every year so that you redone every year so you didn't have any issues all, all year, right? Um, or you know, did they just they I never touched it, I never opened it up once, and I never had an issue. I'm sure you'll find you know people who are outliers uh, who had more issues and some who had no issues at all, but the consensus will be something that's generally in the middle. So if you don't mind, please, you know, go to our, you know, Facebook Carding Dads or go to our website, you know, however you want to contact us, just let us know what your experience has been with your 206. Um, were there times during the season where you felt a drop in power? And was it after maybe, you know, hey, at the end of just one season, I would always feel the drop in power? Or was it, you know, three, you know, races after your fourth, you know, re head rebuild, something like that? Any metric at all that you can use to tell us when you could feel things going off or you know different in the 206 that would be helpful because i do not plan on adding checking my valves to the checklist that you know i can tell you that right i've told you that many times it's not i don't want to have to open up an engine i'm just i'm not that yeah, kind of guy yeah i blame you i mean so, it, it is what it is so yeah no 100 so if that's the case right if that's the case then i need to have you know to my two engines and I need to have my hour meter, you know, and I can do that on the Micron. Or I'll get the separate little hour meter that comes with most of the new engines if you get them from, you know, most of the big places. Um, and just know that, hey, every time I've run this thing to, you know, six hours, I should probably consider parking it, getting the head redone, and switch to the other motor so I'm not down, right? Again, I'm not encouraging that everybody goes and buys a second motor. No. If you have the resources... Like in our group, for example, Stephen is somebody who has worked on engines uh, his whole life, you know, and so Stephen will just need to make that mental note to check that thing more often, and it's something he does very quickly. But just, I want to get as much information as I can about it. Uh, some people already know these answers. Some of us just don't. So really, that's one of the things that's on there. And um, since we've talked about your engine and, um, you know, your not so successful race. Um, I had speed, like I mentioned last time, but um, dumb things. So <laughs> my engine, well, I threw a chain twice. And it happened because the first time I thought I hadn't tightened my motor mounts properly on the bottom. Um, but no, that's a checklist item that is mentally ingrained now. I check it. Um, you know, so my, I kept thinking, well, because it is an aluminum, you know, piece and it's a steel bolt, maybe I've over tightened it and it's just losing its thing. Nope. What had happened was, um, the actual engine mount from the engine to the motor mount had come loose. And that solid, you know, one was one I didn't check regularly. And it wasn't something I had added to my checklist because ever since I've gotten to 206, my motor has always been, you know, firmly affixed the motor mounts, and I don't usually switch motors off motor mounts. I actually, you know, keep them together. I have the same motor mount, and I have two of them. So th I just never take it off. I never take the motor off separately. But I think what happened was, obviously, at the end of last season, I gave you, right, this engine, and then I was using the flea market special. So this year that I put this one back on by, you know, having touched it once, you know what I mean? It's like that thing where 
you put it on the first time, you tighten it, you go out on track, you come back and you make sure it's tight again, right? That's what you're supposed to do every time you put a new bolt on. Um, I didn't do that. So, you know, I ran the first, the first local with it. You know, I had it tight from when I put it together, but that was the first time I put it on and I never went back and rechecked it. So it had slowly been getting loose, um, you know, throughout there. And that's what it was. So I would check everything. I would tighten everything, make sure it was good, but I never hold my exhaust to shake my my motor because you know usually it's hot and we have you know quick back-to-back sessions because we only have four classes total running at our track and so you know you only have like five minute practice between each you're only down for 15 minutes by the time you get your cart you push it back to your pits you settle down for a minute i drink water every time i come in by the time i settle down it's five minutes to go and they're already calling you back to grid and the engine's still hot so I'm not going to touch my exhaust and shake my motor, right? So that's something I just wasn't checking. Oh, you best believe I will be checking that sucker now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you best believe I have a nice big old scar on my uh, forearm um, trying to change the sprocket out real quick in between, you know, a seven-minute class. Um, yeah, I got a big old burn on my, my forearm. And my dad yelled at me for being stupid. He's like, oh, man, no, you're not in the right mindset. Just, you know sit down, drink some water and you know, I'll take care of it. I'm like, no, I got it. You know? And sure enough. Yeah. I burnt my arm and yeah, it's, it's nasty. Um, yeah, it's, it's really bad, but, uh, no, like to that point is when you're in a rush, you don't think clearly. Right. So being a driver, you have to go on the mind. You have to have the mindset of, a clear thinking, right? If you don't have a clear thinking, how are you going to drive? So you need to know exactly where you want your car to be. You have to know exactly, you know, what the car is doing. You know, you can take video. And the good thing about having a video camera and then you have, for everybody who has a Micron 5, you know, that's, that's awesome. You can see all the data you have on everything your car is doing. If you have a Micron 4 and you're debating on, you know, buying a Micron 5, I, I know you hate to hear this, but please spend the money on the Micron 5 because it will save you so much time and effort. Yes, the $475 or whatever it is right now um, will save you hundreds of dollars in time and tuning because it tells you everything. It tells you... I, that's a whole different subject, right? So, yeah, the Micron Four is take our word. Take our word for it. We don't say a lot of things that we say. Take our word for it. Take our word for it. Uh, if you're not on the Micron Five, go ahead and get it. I mean, that's it. Done. Yeah, Next subject. One hundred percent. If you if you need you know help on you know figuring out your Micron Five, please let us know. We can help you out with all the data and the tuning and you know how to read everything. You know, please go to cardiodas.com, shout us the email. Um, or a message that says, hey, you know, how can I read this? We, we will help you out because this is exactly how you're going to figure out your card. So if you're going out to a track and you don't have a, if you have a Micron 4 or even a Micron 3 that you're relying on the beacon to be out on the track just for a, a stupid lap timer, almost not stupid lap, but just a lap timer, um, you don't understand what's going on. You don't, if you don't have a, a camera, on your your helmet or your shoulder or whatever to see what your steering wheel is doing and that's the favorite part of my camera on my helmet is 
is I don't look at the time. I don't like try to look at like how fast I'm pulling up on people, or how fast people are pulling away from me or whatever. I always stare on my steering wheel inputs. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is how many inputs are you putting into like a left-hand turn or a right-hand turn? Are you see-saw on the wheel? Or is it just like one, you know, flick to the left and then you're steering wheel straight and you're going to where you're being? That is what I use video for. So, um, you know, people... I don't know anyone who watches my video and typically if I don't adjust my camera, if I don't watch a clip um, from the weekend, the default position for my camera points, you know, obviously straight down at my steering wheel and my my feet and my hands. And I always feel bad every time I have a cool video or something to happen that I want to share with everyone because you can't see the whole track like a cool race video. You know what I mean? It's for me and what I'm doing. And so, and anyone who watches my videos, uh, this is not an excuse, but this is why my, my yeah, 100%. I love you. It's because it's like, okay, I have the same card as you, I kind of have the same feeling as you. We're kind of on the same lingo of everything that's going on. And yeah, yeah. that huge ass tie strap that you know, I know you got criticized a bunch of on where you had that big old <laughs> tie strap on your steering wheel. And in my yeah. mind, I know exactly why you have it. And so, watching your videos, yeah. like, Okay, let me go back and watch mine. Am I doing the same thing as she's doing or what? Yeah. You know, it's like when my car, and this is just, uh, again, it, this is cool because um, I'll mention this. Barry had, had pointed it out to me in our group um, when I had mentioned, hey, my struggles with, you know, oversteer or understeer, right, cause and effect. And and one of the things he suggested was, just put a put a zip tie, right? And just put a tie strap, like right in the center of your steering wheel. That way, you have an, a clear visual, you know, identifier of what center line is. And if you have a corner where you go in and the lap before or lap after, you didn't have a problem, but you go in this time, you have a problem, or it continues to be a problem or gets worse, you have a reference point, a visual one, with the you know tie strap. And while watching the video, I can just put my finger directly on the screen where it was and just scoot over to the next lap and voila. Oh, exactly. Right? Like, awesome, have, awesome advice. It's exactly, awesome advice. you know, ex- awesome advice, you know, exactly where center point was or where it should have been, where it went great and didn't go great. And then again, the video is just for me and, you know, not so much for, for show or anything like that, but um, perfect segue into, into testing goals. Um, because that's one thing I want to talk about before we run out of time. We're already into this for almost an hour. Um, one, right, oversteer, understeer, with good grip on the tires, oh, my ego's perfect, right? I had no issues. But as, you know, my tire was, was worn out on the previous set I had, it's when I couldn't feel it, right? I had no grip. And so I would turn in so much to get grip and I would cause, cause my issue. Fixing my tire by putting a new set on, I didn't have that issue. So I want to go back and test. Um, but I want to go back and test with just those metrics. I want to go in and crank too much input in and see, I'm going to end up destroying a set of tires, by the way. I know this. 
but uh, I want to go test really hard on that oversteer understeer thing because it's I still did it a few times where it wasn't a big deal it was me overcorrecting. But into the mini ball, for example, there were so many laps where I would end up doing the Cory flick, right? Which is you know I crank in a lot of input and my hands are straight at the center of the track, you know, and I just keep my hands straight and it'll power right through. And I wasn't trying to do that. And so because I did that, my brain really said, oh crap, you've turned in too much. And now I find myself coming back um, and counter steer and I'm applying opposite lock through it. But I wanna go back and test specifically on that, reduce the number of times I was inconsistent on my amount of input into into the mini bowl that's definitely something i want to test a lot uh, because the mini bowl is one of the most critical corners right is you know the only place where you really have to worry about you know breaking um, with other carts in front of you because i don't break but everybody you know typically around me uh, is breaking so i end up finding myself in all kinds of position um, you know changes it's also the slowest corner on track so there's a lot of speed differentials there um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's important for me to, to go back and test that. And the other thing that um, Barry mentioned, which was really, really helpful advice, um, we spent a lot of time talking on this subject, was that, hey, compare my race to Corey's. So Corey was seven-tenths uh, quicker than me on fastest lap or something like that. What would it take for me to gain even three tenths more just looking at my data alone right it's like going back and looking at your optimal if you look at your micron five and your data and look at your optimal what does it take for you to consistently gain that extra three tenths or four tenths yeah hey cory I, I, exactly. I don't mean to interrupt you but cory seven tenths of a second for your fast slap is more consistent of you being within seven tenths of him <laughs> wait wait what what does yeah, that mean you know exactly what that means <laughs> so like yeah i mean he he's producing the same lap within you know a tenth of a second every single lap and yes you you right. hit, you hit that smooth lap whether it's uh, drafting or not and he had no draft partners and he was the fastest guy right now he was he was yeah gone. he was the fastest guy whether it's gold cup or cik chassis you know and you had sean myers you had matt mays you had matt travis you had you know a lot of great drivers out there and you know barry hastings as well on top of that uh yeah a lot of fast drivers out there who just well couldn't produce that time and so yeah yeah Corey, what well, car is in a different zip code so we're not we're not going to talk about about that detail. yeah but no but, you, uh, you no, brought it up that you're in seven tenths uh, you know for a lab it's like okay it's oh no no, lab, no this so. was the conversation we were having with barry let me be clear so the conversation was <laughs> hey what would it take for you to gain another three tenths, right? Because on the day, not that I could, you know, catch Corey. And, you know, it wasn't about catching Corey at all. It was what would it take for you to get a bit more? Because it's clearly possible, right? Oh, on 100%. Day, in those conditions, right, that the cart and a driver of similar weight, right, um, could do this so what would it take and so he had me sit back and i thought through it and i was like oh yeah all right i know my inconsistent spot um was the the mini bowl and i actually have video of him passing me right in, in the mini bowl and then i tried to follow him and see his actually he passed me before the mini bowl but then i tried to see his line through the mini bowl and he was perfect setup 
perfect line. And so if I can go back and look at that line he took, and if I can reproduce that line with some consistency with about the same RPM, right, that he's going through, I can see myself gaining another, you know, tenth or tenth and a half, or maybe even two tenths there. And that's one. And then the second thing was for the North End Oval, Corey's minimum speed through there compared to my minimum velocity, huge difference. So, you know, last week I talked about where I break and how long I'm the brakes for and the fact that I coast through a lot of this. I'm not, you know, I'm not coaching him and I don't know exactly what he's doing, but I'll tell you what, he is way faster through that whole complex, you know? So there's got to be something there, which is Emmanuel, go back and look at how long you're decelerating for. If you, the, tra- the speed trace will tell you you're there, your speed trace will just go and your speed trace will dip. So if you can mark the point of where your speed trace dips, that's about where you're slowing down your braking. Just do a simple counter. If you figure out where that point is on the track, just go back out there and just do, I'm not going to brake here, I'm going to wait one Mississippi before I brake. And in carding, that may be too long. In a car, it's typically easier to do, you know, hey, figure out what that distance is. If you can look at your data closely and say, okay, I'm going to go 50 you know, feet longer or 75 feet longer before I hit the brakes for the same amount of time that I'm hitting them now, you'll find that because your top speed is higher, the same amount, the same duration of the brakes will bring you to a higher, right, minimum velocity. So you'd be able to go, if you can follow a trace I'm drawing in the midair on a podcast, it should be on video. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know, it basically says maybe we need to go out there and put like a 50, 75, 100, you know, 125, 150, right, just basic like cones. foot like mark if, if you on have the cones. track. Yeah. It's like, okay. If you have cones, you know, you could use on your track, figure out where you're breaking, set the first cone there. Then set another cone, maybe just five steps away from it. Drop another cone and just tell yourself it's difficult to do this. You know, your brain, your everything in your body is going to say break because you will crash. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, but just fight yeah, it. Yeah, funny story is that, say, like, we, my dad and I, we put cones out there one time up for testing for something that I was trying to do. And uh, Brian yeah. Donahue came out with his boy. He's like, hey, what are those orange yeah. codes for? You know, like, it's kind of throwing us all <laughs> off. I'm like, don't pay attention to those orange codes. I, don't, I have no idea where they came from. And, yeah, that was right. for me because I was trying to do something. <laughs> Man, you said it, you don't worry about it a long time ago. Yeah, huh? yeah. The, that whole, the whole hash brown, don't worry about hash, it. Hash brown, know. don't worry the, about it. That's been going on since Cardi started for me. <laughs> yeah, so like that's another thing I want to go work on because I know for a fact in those braking zones, man, that boy has so much more speed. And, you know, I, I don't think I can do a whole lot with making my cart go any faster. But what I can do is I can get myself to still slow down the same amount I'm slowing down, just delay it. And if I delay it at that point, I won't have an option but to go through the corner at that speed. You know what I mean? And so that's really it. I don't think there's enough time from corner entry to mid-corner to corner exit in karting for me to have three sets of cones to figure out where and I get back on throttle oh, and all this thing. I think I'm going to so be so busy. Faster. Yeah, I'm going to be so busy trying to figure those things out. But if I can just delay my braking and then tell myself, hey, break for the same amount of time, well, if I can put a marker on the ground, I don't have to think about the first part. 
I can just have to focus on off the brakes, off the brakes, off the brakes, off the brakes, right? Like, and then just let off the brakes and carry a little more speed. Consistently carrying one or two miles per hour quicker is all I need to do for the next. Yeah, month. like I, I've walked, every corner uh, that I'm used to do that. I've, I've walked the track a lot. Um, you know, not only my with my dad, but my son has that little pedal cart that he has, and I've walked. And, you know, I've followed him throughout. You know, the whole track. And no matter what the track sequence is, you're going to tell somebody knows something because there'll be a spray paint line or just some kind of like random color on the track. And if you don't know what it's for, you're like, oh, what is this? What is you know, and then like after you start racing and you see it, you're like, oh, somebody was testing that they wanted to break at this and release at this. So I don't know, you know. I have no problem going out there and putting, you know, on like a big poster or, you know, I have a vinyl cutter that I can put something on a sign that says, you know, 25 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet on, you know, some fasters that we put it out, you know, kind of make an equal play field. It's like, hey, you know, wherever yeah. you want to break at, this is where you break at. You don't have to look at trash cans because you don't know when the trash cans are going to move or right. whatever fence post you want to do, whatever dirt gravel you want what you know it is what it is we can make it even more basic like cmp think about cmp think about cmp after the kink going to turn you know 11 oh good that's a very very good one i never thought about that just stakes in the ground if you just have a two by two or a one by two stake that you can just you know nail into the ground on the side of the track and just put three, two, one, and whatever distance they are, just use those. Obviously, in karting, it's a little more dangerous to have those things out there because, you know, whatever. But for your testing period, find a safe enough distance away from the track to just stake just wood down, just like a yard, you know, whatever, yard sale sign or whatever it is. Just stake it down and just three, two, one, and just tell your buddy, hey, all right, let's start from three. Three is comfortable. Got it. Two, two can be done. Let's go. Don't break till I get to two. Boom. And then once you get that dialed in, then go to one. One might be that perfect spot. That's, you know, get it right or you're going to hit something. Yeah. Um, don't force yourself to go from three to one. Just build up to yeah, it. Yeah, you but brought up that's a good what point. I like turn 11 right there at c and It's just like turn two at uh, 103rd. It's like it's a fast turn if you if you can make it fast. But it's a very slow turn yeah. if you screw it up, and yeah, I mean that that right there is and the you don't have perfect time. example of what turn two is. Um, I think a car track. Have you ever driven uh, CMP on the road course? Oh, dude, great example. I am, yeah, I am impressed. <laughs> dude, that, <laughs> every that, now and, no, every no, now no, and like, then I come up with something like, cool. that is Every like, now and then, I'm not. That good. is a real deal. Like for me, <laughs> turn one. Um, at uh at 103rd it's like kind of like a Roebling or a Road Atlanta in turn one because you can either take a flat footed right. or you know just get off the the gas just to sit with the cart um yeah but turn two I mean turn two to me is the hardest turn um at the track is it's well, worse than the North End Oval but yeah dude turn low I, I never thought I like that the way. CMP ex- I love the CMP example because oh, it's such a great kink, example you you know, like you don't have time to set up for it properly. It's like a short distance. You're offline. You know what I mean? Or you're trying to set yourself up. It's 
you're going really, really fast. Stupid and then all fast. all of a sudden, you hit this kink, and then it's like, oh, great. I got to set up for this corner that's coming at me so fast that I don't have time to slow down or find any markers for it, especially if you're Yes, because the kink right? is how especially big is your ball? someone side by side. The kink is how big is yeah. your ball? So then as soon as you made it through, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I got big old gonads. Oh shit! I mean, you and I go flat. You and I go flat through. You know, turn one. So same thing. Like how how big are the kahunas? Like just because you can nail it, you still have to set up for the second part. And just being able to consistently find those markers, but even more importantly, is to be able to build up. If I can do this comfortably from this spot. And I know that there's somebody else who can carry more speed through this. I got to find a way to carry that more speed. And right now, for the month of March, that's all homeboy is going to be doing. Yeah, if, if, trying to figure a way to go one or two miles an hour. Yeah, if, if you guys have a chance, um, look at uh, Carolina Motorsports Park or CMP in Kershaw, South Carolina on um, on the track for NASA. I mean, I'm sorry, we're bringing a road course racing into a karting of um podcast but you will notice the kink because everybody lifts and it's the most dangerous turn that i know that i can think of in the tracks that we run with so you will see that you once you make it through that through the kink there you take that deep breath and then before you know it that turn is there and um yeah so check out any of those videos, just type in CMP Kershaw. Shameless plug, don't search for my name and CMP because there is one race where I looped it <laughs> after the king. Don't look for the skyline <laughs> that went through um, all the... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was one That's of the right. worst events ever because uh, Cooper went through all the trees the and then right after that, yeah, the skyline. Jody, Jody put his cars in oh, the wall over the trees as event. well. Yeah, we had three cars rode off, and then a dog came on track. Can you believe yeah. it? A dog crossed the track that caused a red flag. I was in the tower. I'm like, can this morning be anywhere? It was so bad. Was, Saturday morning is what's bad. <laughs> it was my dad's first like HPD two event. And I'm like, Dad, no, yeah, we're, oh, we're no. gonna get out of here quickly. Whatever, you know, we can only do you know two events, so we can get home early. And yeah, he was supposed to go from like at eight ten and like ten thirty. Yeah, his first yeah. his first round was like twelve. And yeah, it was a it was a bad weekend. I was training somebody at turn fourteen on Saturday Ooh. afternoon. So I left I left the tower, and the Liberty was coming right at us. I was a fourteen. Um, the Liberty GTR, um, was coming right at us. So that happened. And typically Saturday mornings are the worst for a NASA race weekend because everybody's trying to get set up, you know, timing and scoring guys didn't get the timing uploading in. So some people's, you know, transponders are mismatched. Some corner workers are just not on their game. You know, even in the tower, we just kind of like, yeah, this miss, was on you know, a Sunday the time here or there. This was a Sunday morning know, where we typically so have it all dialed in. The, li- the Liberty like, GTR knew he Saturday was morning. the fastest car out of everybody. It didn't matter. He's like, oh, screw this. I'm going to go for Gusto. Really? Yeah, and it caught on fire. Well, he caught on fire, so he didn't. there was nothing he could do. I mean, he caught on fire. Um, but yeah, like I never qualify Saturday morning because it's always panic in the tower. Sunday mornings, I almost always qualify. But this one was not going to happen. 
it was just one thing after another. It was Jody put it in the wall in the trees first, then a dog came on track, so we had to shut down for a minute. Then um, Cooper put you know his car in the in the trees as well. And so, yeah, that was two cars that in the was trees horrible video in the morning alone. I felt bad for him. Like, I understood what, like, he was doing. Having the, the Subaru yeah. with the all-wheel drive, like, I probably would have done the exact same thing. But as soon as he went from the yeah. crash to the asphalt, oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm glad he's alive. But, yeah, that's a whole different subject. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Let's anyway, wrap it up um, on so that So, what one. you got going on? Um, Cooper's safe. Yeah, what you got going on for the, for the next week, man? Um... Uh, Dude, I don't know. Like, 100%, I don't know. Like, I would like to go test. Um, I really want to run the SSKC tour. But, you know, buying the extra set of wheels is kind of a little stretch for me right now for what I need to do. Um, but, yeah, I will promote them to, hey, if you have the uh, CIK uh, set of wheels, please go run the SSKC because they're making a... Um, uh, they actually just got their first sponsorship for the 350 and 390 class or 350 380 whatever it is um yeah they got they got a, a nice sponsorship for a national championship with them so if you can definitely go sp- you know help out the sskc here in florida uh it'll definitely be worth your while uh we have a lot of friends that are going to run and race it maybe i'll go down and and pit for them and you know help crew for them um but as far as running it i like to but you know i just right now i don't have the funds to buy the extra set of wheels the extra set of tires and all that other hoop lop and uh robling with wk and skc is also coming up on march 9th yes. so that's in two weeks um so i guess next episode we'll talk about kind of our schedule and, and i know we mentioned it just we, we had to kind of pare it down a little bit. And in the last couple of weeks that we've talked, yeah, we can narrow down. We'll still go out and support our friends and, and be at the track and hell record more shows if we can. I know, you know, we're talking about going Sunday, uh, if, if it's possible to the SKC, um, road race, um, you might be able to go even on Saturday, but I'm busy that Saturday. Uh, but we'll see, man. We'll, we'll talk about that next week and uh, see what we can get done. But, um, you got any closing thoughts before we get out no, of here? No, man, this is a, a very good episode. I'm glad you got a lot of things off your chest. I got a lot of things off my chest on the whole thing. And um, hopefully our listeners is like, was we were able to answer some questions um, that we haven't received yet. So please continue to yeah. give some feedback, guys, because um, a lot of our episodes the last couple of weeks have been all on feedback. And it's, you know, it's been really good and... You know, I'm so excited about this show, and I never thought it'd get to this point, um, but it has. And you know, please continue to give us feedback. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, brother. Well, let's get out of here, um, guys. Keep uh, keep looking for us on Facebook or Carton Dads. Uh, go to our website, cartondads.com, and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.